welcome to Psalm 95. You know, one of the ways we honor God is by singing to Him, by singing songs. We adore Him, we love Him, and we express our hearts to Him. In fact, poems and songs are a great tool in the hands of a lover and an admirer to express the utmost feelings of the heart to the other. And this psalm, the psalmist gives a call to people to come before the Lord with singing and praising and with thanksgiving. It also asks the people to shout joyfully to the Lord who is worthy of all praises. Verse 1 and 2, the psalmist says, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. Now the songs here are not just individual singing, but a corporate community singing. The psalmist says, let us sing to him, let us come before him, let us shout joyfully to him, meaning that we are to praise our Lord as a community of God's people. Now this would also mean that I may like listening to my favorite songs on my earpods, but I must also consciously come together, gather together to sing praises to God as a community. Now some scholars say that this psalm gives us a striking picture of the joyful rumbling of the temple worship. Shill cries of gladness, loud shouts of praise, sounds with musical accompaniments rang simultaneously throughout the courts of the Lord. Well, why do we sing? What is the reason behind the psalmist asking us to shout to the Lord? Of course, one of the reasons is that the Bible at its heart, at its core, is joyful. The Bible at its heart, at its core, is joyful. Also in verses 3 to 5, the psalmist gives us the reason. He says, For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. In his hands are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Remember, the surrounding nations had their own gods and goddesses. But the psalmist says, We praise you, O God, our Lord, El, Jehovah, Elohim, for there is none like you. You are the great God. You are above all kings, for you have made the highest hills and the lowest valley. Your hand has brought forth the sea and the dry land. Well, by the way, the people of Israel had seen with their own very eyes as to how God had led them out of Egypt, how he sent the plagues, how he parted the Red Sea. They had indeed beheld his majesty and his glory and his might. And they know that there is no God like him. In fact, the surrounding nations had heard what the God of Israel had done and they were in awe of him as well. And I guess the most appropriate response to the greatness of God is that of worship. The most appropriate response to the greatness of God is that of worship, is to bow down and to give Him our honor. By the way, worship means to give worth, to ascribe greatness to Him who is worthy of our praises. And this is precisely what the psalmist is asking his people to do, to give honor and worth to a God who is above all names. In verses 6 to 7, he says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Remember the wise men? When they came to Jesus, they bowed down and they worshipped Him and they gave Him gifts. In short, they honoured Him. Yes, in His presence, the presence of the most awesome God, we must bow down and kneel in complete submission. In fact, there are three words that is used for worship. One of the words means to fall prostrate before God, which is perhaps the highest act of adoration. Another word for worship means to crouch, to cover down in the presence of the master as the dog would in the presence of his owner, ready to receive instruction. Another word for worship used means to put our knees to the ground. 
In fact, we take these positions and we take these postures as an act of worship and submission unto the Lord. The act of falling prostrate before the Lord. The act of crouching or covering down in the presence of the master, ready to take his instructions. And the act of putting our knees to the ground. Yes, we have many reasons to worship the Lord. And if I may say for the New Testament believer, we also worship him because he is our redeemer. You know, the word redeemer meaning the master who has set the slave free. But then there is also a warning that the psalmist gives. And the warning is because we can harden our hearts and stop giving praises to God. We can forget who God is and go by our own ways of doing life. The psalmist says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in rebellion, as in the days of trial in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me, they tried me, though they saw my work. Now this verse is also quoted verbatim by the writer of Hebrews in, in chapter 4 and verse 7. Perhaps one of the thorough sighting of the Old Testament in the New Testament and he warns his audience three times not to harden their hearts as the forefathers had. Well, the people of God, having seen God's might, kept turning their hearts away from God. They refused to give him praise. They refused to bow before him. They rebelled against him. And they rebelled against him in Meribah. And God did not accept their unbelief. Forty years, forty long years, God was grieved with this generation and condemned this generation of unbelief to die in the wilderness. Now it is Charles Spurgeon who suggests several ways that we as people may harden our hearts. He says some harden their hearts by resolving not to demonstrate emotion in regard to spiritual things. They can be very stoic. Some harden their hearts by delaying our real relationship with God. Some harden their heart by pretending doubts and foolish criticisms. While some harden their hearts by getting into evil company, some harden their hearts by focusing on silly amusements, all intended to kill time and prevent any thought upon the divine thing, and some harden their hearts by indulging in a favorite sin. May I ask, what are some of the ways you would honor God? How would you ascribe greatness to God? How do you give Him worth? Remember, our worship flows from a heart that is grateful to God, grateful to all that He is, His smite, His power indeed, but also the fact that He has redeemed us and He has bought us with His precious blood. So I pray that each one of us will sing joyfully to the Lord, sing not only individually, but sing corporately unto the Lord. In fact, I think Christians are called as a singing community, aren't we? We sing because the core of Christian faith is a joyful heart, a hopeful heart. Remember, we even sing at the funeral, we sing at the grave because of our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not forget his deeds and do not forget to worship him and do not harden our hearts. Shall we pray? Dear Lord, give me a worshipping heart and take away the hard heart away from me. The hard heart grieves the Lord and the Spirit. Would you find in me all three postures of worship that I may fall prostrate before you, crouched as the dog waiting on his master and on my knees in submission. May my life bring glory to you always. And this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.